Welcome to the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. I'm Janelle Davis. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Ah, the quest for youth and beauty. It's not just confined to fairy tales. Plastic surgery, skin creams, anti-aging serums, they only go so far. One glance in the mirror and, oh dear, time marches on. We humans have been catching our reflections and wishing to stall the passage of time for probably as long as we've been aware of our own mortality. The theme is one that the aging Handel, with failing eyesight, returned to at the end of his life with his allegorical oratorio, The Triumph of Time and Truth. In the story, the characters of time and counsel, or truth, confront pleasure and deceit in a contest for the soul of beauty. When the oratorio opens, beauty is staring into her mirror, and like the rest of us, she may have breathed a deep sigh. Oh, that time would slow down. But then pleasure comes along and promises beauty that her allures will never fade. Encouraged by this, beauty then gives pleasure her loyalty. Counsel counters with the advice that beauty instead should follow truth, warning that youth can't last forever. A debate ensues and all advocate their various merits. Who will win? Pleasure buoyed by another character deceit, or time and counsel who represent truth? And see who now shall gain the victory. Given the title of this work, The Triumph of Time and Truth, I'm sure I won't be spoiling anything by telling you that by the third act, beauty, though spending most of Act Two torn in indecision, finally resists deceit and looks squarely into truth's mirror. The moral of the story might be universal, but the plot itself isn't anything to write home about being, well, a tad humdrum. It's a really good thing, then, that the music is good. Classic Handelian catchy tunes along with moments of intensive feeling. Here's some of the opening chorus of Act Two, Pleasure Submits to Pain. That sounds familiar. Where have I heard that before? Well, Handel lifted the music from another of his previous works, the Wretched Lover's Aria and Chorus, from his popular Aces and Galatea. (laughs) ¶¶ 
And here's a bit again of the time and truth setting with a different text. In fact, there are lots of occasions where you'll hear familiar tunes recycled in this oratorio. See, Time and Truth is both one of Handel's last works and, ironically, also one of his first. Most everything is reused material, reworked from one of Handel's very early pieces written at the age of 22. Handel's original version of the work, Il Triunfo del Tempo e del Disengano, The Triumph of Time and Disillusion, HWV 46A, was composed during Handel's travels and studies in Italy in 1707. But Handel kept coming back to this piece. Thirty years later, when he was living in London, Handel made another version, still in Italian, and called it Il Triunfo del Tempo e della Verità. The work previously had no chorus movements, but in the 1737 version, Handel added them in per the English style. Another 20 years passed, and Handel revisited the piece again. He had the work translated entirely to English. To this 1757 version, Handel again added a number of choruses and several new arias as well. It is good to bear in mind that these quote-unquote new editions were all taken from other sources. Handel, at this point, aging and in poor health with eyesight failing enough to make composition a difficult challenge for him. The additional choruses included a final hallelujah chorus, not the hallelujah chorus you're probably humming in your head, and another oddly placed chorus with both words and music directly transplanted from another anthem originally written for a performance at the Foundling Hospital, an organization Handel regularly supported in London. In Time and Truth, the borrowed Foundling Hospital Chorus is heard in the midst of beauty's struggle to renounce vanity and turn toward virtue. Interrupting beauty's dilemma, the choral text seems a little out of place with the words, Comfort them, O Lord, when they are sick. Make thou their bed in sickness. Keep them alive. Let them be blessed upon the earth and not deliver them unto the foe. Why those words here? Why did Handel insert this chorus from another piece? 
The liner note gives an interesting theory. In 1757, the same year as the revision of Time and Truth, Handel also amended his will to include the Foundling Hospital as one of his beneficiaries. The direct use then, words and music, of the Foundling Anthem into the 1757 Time and Truth oratorial compilation might have been Handel making a statement, possibly a show of public devotion to the abandoned, which would be in time revealed in his private will. The revised triumph of Time and Truth was performed three times in 1757. There were even a few more tweaks before its final performances in 1758 and before Handel died the following year. Delphian's 2014 Ludus Baroque recording that we've been hearing today on the podcast doesn't indicate if the performance is the 1757 or slightly different 1758 version of this piece, or even possibly a hybrid of the two. Whatever the choice, Lotus Baroque's performance is on the whole tasteful and energetic and offered with keen dedication to the text, balance, and expression. I enjoyed each of the soloists. Ed Lyon in particular gives an impressive performance in a stormy aria as pleasure flees having just lost a truth. Another highlight is Beauty, sung by Sophie Bevan, in her final aria duetting with an oboe. Here's a bit of that. If you'd like to hear all of Handel's Triumph of Time and Truth, you'll find a link to Lotus Baroque's recording on our website, harmoniaearlymusic.org. While you're there, have a look at our archive of blogs, podcasts, and shows, and don't forget to visit our online shop, where a portion of proceeds benefits Harmonia. This has been the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. I'm Janelle Davis. Thanks for listening.